turning conventional wisdom on its head. You are listening to John Gerica on SFM. Every now and again, you realize, well, you know in general that there are issues in South Africa. If you go on holiday, you drive, uh, you watch the news, you know that there are issues with underdevelopment in South Africa. But then suddenly it hits you like a Thor's hammer on the back of your head. A recent study in Nklanduli and surrounding areas in Eastern Cape found that children's healthy growth and development is not only undermined by their inability to access uh, nutritionist food, unhealthy environments, poor access to routine child health services, uh, the Grow Great campaign in partnership with the Polani Maternal and Child Health and Nutrition Trust and the Nelson Mandela University did a study. Findings were compiled in a report launched last month. Let's find out what was in that report uh, and it's been sent to the Eastern Cape government. Anna-Marie Muller, one of the drafters of the report by the Grow Great campaign, joins us now. Anna-Marie, thank you very much for joining us. Were you shocked when you saw what was going on in this particular area of the Eastern Cape? Hi, John, and hi to your listeners. Thanks for having us. Um, no, I wasn't shocked. Um, the stunting level that we found in these um, villages in the Eastern Cape were slightly below the national average of 27%. And so 24% in rural Eastern Cape, knowing what we do, what we know about basic services and the gaps there, it was not surprising. Okay. Is that good news then? That at least it's not as bad as we thought it was. It's bad, but it's not as bad. No, you know what, John, um, stunting, which is a condition which we identify when a child is shorter than what we expect for their age, isn't something that we can make light of. Um, Even a 24% um, prevalence rate that we found here is very serious. Um, Stunting is a condition that results from from poor nutrition over a long time and infection and things like that. But it really, it runs with the child as the child grows up. It's not something which you shed as you age. Um, So stunting is very serious. We really, our campaign is about putting it on the national agenda. We're saying stunting is a real issue. It's been around for so long. It's, It's prevalence rate hasn't really shifted since the early 1990s. And that's a scandal. We can't believe that, well, we can believe because it's not really on the agenda. But but we want to say to all South Africans, this is an issue that touches us all because ultimately stunting affects the cognitive development of a child. And without um, investing in the neurological future or the mm. brain matter that we all need to, to live um, productive lives, we can't really expect Um, things to change for South Africa. You know, I'm sure um, in a month's time, you're going to have guests on talking about the metric results. Um, We are often talking about unemployment and we should. And these things are um, endemic to to some extent in South Africa. And we believe that we, we have to start connecting the dots between poor nutrition in early life, the lack of brain development that happens is a direct result of that, and the failings that we see in terms of our development outcomes later in life. So it's, you know, a kid who didn't eat very well when they were a very small baby or whose parent, you know, if it um, their, their mother didn't eat well during pregnancy, the kind of issues that those deficiencies um, start to lay the foundations for, mm. we reap the results. And so it's, it's high time we turn the tide on this. Uh, you mentioned the word stunting. Can you just explain that in yes. John terms? <laughs> sure. Um, so stunting is um, 
what I said, you know, we identified when a kid is shorter for their age than what we expect. And so what happens when there aren't the right nutrients um, present in the developing body is that um, the body chooses then to focus on growing organs. So making sure that there's a, a good heart and good lungs and things like that. But if this hunger continues, if there's a lack of nutrition over a long time, the body stops prioritizing growing in height. So you put a child who's had a very um, good nutrition um, or a solid foundation in nutrition next to a child who's had very poor nutrition at, let's say, grade one. And the, the shorter kid is, is likely to have had the poorer nutrition if you didn't know. Um, and so that's the one side of stunting is that that children don't grow to the height that we expect based on the average for their age. But the other side is, and, and sorry, let me stop there. Being short isn't a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is that, you know, people come in all shapes and sizes and that's totally fine. But when there is a trend where the average is way below what we expect, it is a signal that there's, that something's wrong. And when there is hunger for a very long time and there are other issues like infection, um, then we also start to see an effect on the brain matter's development. At the very beginning of life, you know, most of your brain matter is created. And when there isn't good nutrition around, we see issues with how that brain matter connects. And so when you look at brain scans, for example, of a child who's had poor nutrition versus a child who's had good nutrition, you really do see gaps. It's just there's nothing there. And so these kind of issues are very difficult to reverse later in life, although there is some level of brain plasticity. So there are some things that can change. It's really important that we set kids up for a good future by making sure that when their brain is developing, they've got access to really good nutrition and care and stimulation and love. All these things are important so that whatever we do later, um, you know, investments in early childhood development programs or reading campaigns or um, sports programs, all of those things that are important for children's development, we want to make sure that we start right so we maximize the benefits of those investments later. Mm. This study was done in 2019. Would it have got worse over the last couple of years? Well, I think we all know that COVID and the pandemic and the lockdowns, you know, they were necessary, but they have had a really big impact on people's livelihoods. And so the reality is that many, many children in South Africa don't eat a diet of what we call a minimum diversity or a minimally um, adequate diet. And so this is typically because people are cash strapped and um, it's no fault of a child or of their parent really when they don't have enough money that they have to make sacrifices in terms of the nutrition quality of the diet. Yeah. The reality is that in South Africa, and this is true in most of the world, um, healthy, nutritious food is more expensive than your chips and your very processed foods. And whilst they are important to some degree, you know, they give us calories that allow us to, to carry on with life, they may not be setting us up for the best future. And so I would say, yes, these results were um, from a survey done before the pandemic, but we expect that the results now would be even worse because sure. poverty has improved, um, has increased and people's access to nutritious food has not improved. 
Anna-Marie, when I look at these numbers, you, you mentioned the finance, and that's understandable. It's a, 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 pure, a poor community, and, and the food is expensive. But are there things that can be done by the government to help this? I see nobody had access to piped water. Uh, 18% yeah. of children didn't have immunizations. That's government's job to fix that, right? Absolutely. So um, we... Um, I mean, we've just been through an election cycle and basic service delivery is always on the agenda. And I think um, what's missing from that conversation is the connection between poor basic service delivery and children's health outcomes. So we know that in this community, no children had access to pipe water. The only safe source of drinking water in this community is rainwater, which is a small percentage, only 7% of the children in our study had access to. Um, 37% of children were exposed to inadequate sanitation, which means they were using a pit latrine or a portable toilet or nothing. Mm. Um, So these are real basics that need to be there. Um, What happens when a a child's body is developing? Um, Let's zoom in on the stomach, for example. Um, When a child is born, their stomach looks like a lattice. So I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. It's the kind of trellis thing that you put up against the garden wall to try and make something grow like jasmine or granite, you know, passion fruit or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there are some gaps in that lattice. It's not a it's not a it's not a wall. So when a child um, then is in an environment where there is poor water or poor sanitation, all the bugs, the bacteria and things that they will then ingest or, you know, be in contact with in that environment, those things then fall through those gaps in the lattice of their stomach. And it can cause a lot of infection and um, inflammation in the gut. And that means that even then, when you put really good food into that body, the body isn't in the right state to absorb the nutrients. So without... Um, making sure that children's um, environments are healthy and are conducive to growth, all the other things that we do are at risk. And so, yes, government absolutely should fix this issue. Um, I'm not trying to simplify it or oversimplify it, but it is really fundamental to children's um, growth and development that they grow up in environments that are healthy. Mm. Um, So, yes, the other thing that you mentioned are primary healthcare services, things like Vitamin A supplementation, immunizations, giving kids deworming pills at the right time, you know, making sure that there are no gaps in in the um, consumption of these very important and fairly cheap interventions. So these are things which, you know, every child needs, every child deserves because they deserve to have a happy, a, a childhood free of disease and of infection and those kind of things. And because we want the long-term future of these kids' lives to be good, fundamentally. Um, So yes, those are the kinds of things that can happen. Of course, with um, COVID, um, one of the sites... Did we lose Anna-Marie Muller? We've got her on a Zoom call. All right, we seem to have lost Anna-Marie Muller. We'll try and get her on the line again. One of the drafters of a report by the Grow Great campaign, uh, a recent study of uh, risk factors that children are experiencing. You're hearing them there for yourself. Let's take a couple of voice notes. I know we've got one on 0614-104-107. John, why are you surprised now? In the Cape, we don't have this tap water we depend on water from the 
tanks or from the river, nothing else, especially rural areas. Yeah, it's a reality. And it's, as you heard Anna-Marie Muller telling us, it's come matric time, um, this this is when we start seeing the... the, uh, the uh, what, what you reap is what you sow. We start seeing that coming out at the end. I've lost the word in my head. Uh, Anna-Marie Muller, we've got three or four minutes to be able to wrap this up. What, what are you going to do with this report now? Sure, thanks, John. So, yes... What we want is um, for basic services to improve. And an amazing way to do that is to support community health workers. They really are the unsung heroes of um, the healthcare system. And so making sure that community health workers are in communities are able to identify issues, they have the right tools, the right support, and they are able to assist families to, when there is a problem, refer them, make sure that they get the help they need. That's a really important thing. The other thing is that we need more advocacy on this. We know from COVID that the child support grant is really good at reaching vulnerable children. Um, but we need to make sure that the child support grant is adequate in terms of the monetary value in order to address the very real food poverty that is out there. So we say that let's increase the food poverty line, and we're not alone in this. Many, many other um, social justice organizations in the country have been calling for this for a very long time. Secondly, we think that um, we need to extend the child support grant into pregnancy. So much of the vulnerability to stunting starts very early in life. And when a pregnant person doesn't have access to good nutrition, they will suffer themselves and so will the developing fetus. And so we have to turn the tide on stunting as early as we can and making sure that pregnant people have the dignity of a well-nourished and safe supported pregnancy is super crucial. So those are some of the things that we want to, um, we are calling for. And if you have ideas or you want to add your voice to this, please go and visit our website, growgrade.co.za, where you will find all our work um, across the country. And you can become part of our mission to making sure that stunting goes away by the end of the decade in South Africa. It's all very well you doing the study and, and calling for me to help. I'm more than willing to help, and I'm sure millions of people are willing to help, but the people that make the big decisions, are they willing to help, or are you just uh, blowing air into the wind? <laughs> well, thanks, John. Um, I hope not. Um, we do have amazing colleagues and allies in government in different departments, and at the end of the day, this calls for um, our colleagues in the Department of Health, in the Department of Basic Education, in the National Treasury to come together and say, collectively, we cannot afford to let stunting run um, rife as it has for the last 20, 30 years, and we're going to do something about it. So we are going to keep on um, ringing this bell and saying that stunting should be a national priority. And I really, I do feel that the you know, in the last two years, we've spoken so much about nutrition and hunger given COVID. It's time to translate that talk into action. Mm. And as you say, we can't continue blowing hot air. You know, this has to translate into something. And and more and more people need to talk about this. So thanks for the platform tonight. And I'm sure as we start connecting the dots, more people will, 
also demand at the lowest level, you know, in local government elections, when they're talking to their ward councillor, asking questions, how are we making sure that children are accessing good nutrition on a daily basis, regardless of where they're growing up in South Africa? Marie Muller, thank you very much. One of the drafters of the report by the Grey, uh, Grow Great Found, uh, start that again, drafters of the report by the Grow Great Campaign. You can find out more about what they do at growgreat.co.za. G-R-O-W-G-R-E-A-T, growgreat.co.za. It's an issue. And I want to come back to a sports analogy. Sometimes I'm a sports reporter. And a long, long time ago, uh, a South African football, international football coach in South Africa was explaining why uh, the Ghanaians, the Nigerians are just so much bigger than us when it comes to football. And it comes down to nutrition right at the beginning of life, four or five years old. If you're not well, if you don't have great nutrition at the beginning of that, then it's a challenge, as you heard Anna Marie telling you, for the rest of your life. Anna Marie Muller, thank you very much for joining us. That's just about it for the show today. I'll be back again tomorrow evening for Singezo. Thank you very much for listening to me for the last couple of hours. Finney was pushing the buttons today. Lesejo produced the show. The book reading is up next. Have yourself a great night.